Hi, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Library. I'm Melody. And I'm Rachel. And we are very excited today to welcome two special guests. We have Sarah, who you met last month, and Hi. Jill. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Um, so if you just want to give us a little background, Sarah, we did talk about you mm-hmm. last month. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add. Maybe Nothing's changed. Okay. So <laughs> be sure to listen to last month's yes. as well as this month and so you, you know will, all about me. You will get to know Sarah. And then Jill, did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am the library director here at Oak Creek. I've been the library director for about eight years. And before that, I was a children's librarian in a nearby community for about 10 years. Um, I live here in Oak Creek, and I think the most interesting thing about me is that everyone in my family is a librarian. So (laughs) both my mom and my sister are librarians, so I have been growing up in libraries my whole life. In fact, my parents came up with my name as my mom was typing a library card. So I was destined to be a librarian. Um, I like going to the movies. I love listening to podcasts, so I'm excited to be on one. Um, Right now, actually, my current favorite form of reading is through listening to audiobooks, because when I read a book, I tend to fall asleep. (laughs) I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. We all have. Yes. Um, All right. Thank you, Jill. We're so excited to have you. Definitely. Yes. So the theme for this month is books about happiness or joy. Um, So I just wanted to start off by talking about what background you have with reading books like this. Do you normally read like self-help type books? Is this a new genre for you? Um, So I wanted to get started. Um, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with self-help. I used to absolutely hate it. And I, I always felt like I can improve better by reading a fictional story about someone else and be inspired by them than someone being like, you need to do this and this and this. I think Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I've started liking self-help more. Um, I read this book, Girl, Wash Your Face, which I've talked about in a previous episode. The very first episode. On this podcast. And that was a big turnaround for me. And I think it just came at the right time in my life where a lot of things were changing and I kind of needed that encouragement um, to make changes. So what about you guys? Anybody want to share? Well, I am definitely not a self-help or (laughs) feel-good fiction reader. I mean, I do read fiction. I think, like you said, that can improve your life, but I don't seek it out to try and improve myself. Yes, I'm more in it for the story and the characters. Mm -hmm. So anything that happens is just kind of an after effect, (laughs) usually a happy one. Right. but it's probably why I actually went with a Netflix series for this episode rather than an actual book. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. it would have been like a nightmare to have to read a self-help. I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one day I might get there when right. I'm more mature. Yeah. It <laughs> seems like they're more conversational now. It seems like because there's a younger group of people writing them, they're much more, they're written more for people who are younger people. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they feel a lot less teachery or advisory mm-hmm. and much more... The, hip, the like trendy hip ones that are out right now. Yeah, and that's and, probably the one that I chose for today. Mm-hmm. It's definitely along that vein. Yeah. It's a lot more casual. Yes. Easier to read. Yeah. Yeah. I and, would say the same thing. That yeah. The one that I chose, I'm with Rachel. I try to stay away from self-help books. <laughs> but the one that I chose is very much a memoir. So it's more about someone else's journey to improving their life or to turning their life around as opposed to how you should go about and fix it because... I personally think that that's asking a lot for someone to tell you how to fix your own life. So Yeah. If they lead by example, it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to yes. follow. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. 
All right, so um, I'm going to get started with the first book. It's called You Are a Badass by Jen, Jen Sincero. Um, and this, honestly, I did not get through this whole thing. So that tells you how I feel about self-help. <laughs> but this is a definitely much more um, casual take on a self-help kind of a book. And it's um, just encouraging you to recognize you, who you are as a person and understand what... Um, things like your background and upbringing and family and friends um, that has uh, how that has kind of colored your life and the way you make decisions and um, to just be bold and brave and love yourself um, so I, it is a good read I would recommend it um, I, honestly I didn't get through it but the first <laughs> you know the first half was good um, I really liked in the beginning she um, starts off by asking you to realize that there are a lot of, I guess, subconscious factors that are affecting the way you make decisions, your habits, how you think. So things like um, how your your parents raised you and um, what your, your upbringing was like in school and how that all kind of affects who you are and you don't really realize it. Um, so she kind of encourages you to think about that and consider what you want to change about that because that kind of just um, plays a role in your life without really realizing it. I thought that was interesting. Um, she also is very much uh, encourages you to do things yourself. So she says you're the only person who can make yourself happy. So she says love yourself like at the end of every chapter. It's the last point she always had. Really says, driving yes. at home. Right. <laughs> Love yourself. <laughs> um, and she encourages you to forgive yourself because it's hurting you mm-hmm. more than anybody else. Um, to stop comparing, which for me was a good one to hear. And control your own thoughts. Um, she also says stop caring about what other people think. I wrote this down because I thought it was good. You're only responsible for your own behavior, not how people feel about or react to you. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a very good point. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a good point. That's a great point. As a natural people pleaser, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to keep remembering that. Yes. Um, she also talks about the concept of finding your purpose, this big idea that a lot of people have where they think, oh, I don't know what my purpose is yet. And you see people who are like, oh, I knew I was going to be a librarian one day. <laughs> and someone else might be like, I have no clue. And she says, don't worry about it. It's that's You don't need to have the answer right now. Just try something. Just you know, do something, work hard, and you'll find something. You know, you'll look back and realize, oh, this is what led me here. Hmm. So yeah, I thought it was a good read. Sounds like good advice. Yeah, it, it, there was some very good advice in there. Do you know what her background is? She, I believe, is a, a self-help coach. What do you call that? Like a life coach? Yes. Okay. She's a life coach. I would have gone with guru, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, a different flavor, I yes. think, of life coach. Yes. She does have that life coachy kind of a, a flair to her writing, which can be a little bit like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a good read. Um, and then my uh, read-alike that I uh, recommend, which I haven't read, but I've read about, it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a F asterisk CK <laughs> by Sarah Knight. Um, and this actually is kind of a parody of this kind of a book. It's mm-hmm. actually a parody of um, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Huh. And it's, it, but it's, it's very similar to You Are a Badass in that they're both kind of like stop caring about what other people think do what you need to do for yourself. So it's about um, 
combating your people-pleasing nature and um, kind of a mental decluttering and um, dealing with unwanted shame and obligations and guilt. So that's recommended read. It's very funny working at um, any public service desk where people are trying to request this because the first book, people feel pretty <laughs> confident and they'll just say it. I'm looking yeah. for, you know, you are a badass. And then other people just show me their phone. Do you have this book? Yeah. And then it, like, yes, we, I'll check that for you. Yeah. Sometimes I have trouble finding that mm-hmm. when I'm searching because if you don't type it the right way, yeah. it doesn't yes. come up. Yeah. So, Sarah, what have you been reading? Yes, I, um, not recently, but a little while ago, read The Book of Joy, which is a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Reverend Desmond Tutu. Um, And there is another man named Douglas Abrams, I believe is how you pronounce his name, um, who followed them to uh, the Dalai Lama's residence in Dharmasala, India, where he's in exile, um, because the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu wanted to get together for the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday, but South Africa wouldn't let the Dalai Lama into South Africa for political reasons. It's a really, I mean, that's just like the intro (laughs) to this book. And it's just such an intense book to listen to when you really take, before you were to read it, or I actually listened to it, and while it was actors playing the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, it was convincing enough like their accents are good enough that you're like, this is the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. and Desmond Tutu. So, oh, nice. um, so you would recommend the audio? Oh, I definitely recommend the audio. Yeah, because okay. once you get into it, it's good. Yeah. Um, but when you think about the context for both of these men's lives and the horrors that they both went through—political asylum, apartheid, yeah. country reunification—I mean, it goes on and on and on. They're just happy dudes. They're like, nah. You know, that (laughs) happened, and this is actually why I'm a happier person because of it. I'm stronger because of it. Um, Taking the context of your life and being able to turn it around, and kind of like I think you were saying, um, Jen Sincero was saying Mm -hmm. about, like, you're in charge of how you feel about your life. Right. That if you turn around and look at all of the beauty and benefits of life, that it's just going to make you feel better. And then actually it's like a ripple effect. Everybody else will feel better really around you. Right. And just about compassion. There's so much about compassion and recognizing the circumstances of everybody else's life. Right. It just is such an interesting um, conversation. And they actually offer very solid, they call it the, let's see, there's these pillars, eight pillars of joy. And so they talk Hmm. about um, the first pillars being perspective, humility, humor, and acceptance. And the last four being qualities of the heart, which are forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, and generosity. And they just keep coming back to the ways to connect with those pillars and actual exercises to do. I mean, obviously, the Dalai Lama practices meditation, um, being Buddhist. Um, And so it's not really like a... It's more their conversation, though. If you're not interested in a book that's teaching you how to meditate, that's okay, because this is more about talking about life and the realities of life. So it was super interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So while you were talking, I just had a thought pop up, which I think we should address, because this podcast is about happiness and joy Mm -hmm. and choosing to live that way. But there is, um, you know, there are people who are depressed, and that is a, a clinical... Uh, diagnosis Mm -hmm. and you can't change that you know we're not at all saying if you're depressed well choose to be happy right so just want to address that as well also Mm -hmm. seek help right (laughs) so practice these things and also look for a provider and come to the library and maybe we can help you find a provider (laughs) find some resources (laughs) yeah and so I also read I had a couple of read-alikes um the art of happiness by the Dalai Lama was written um probably 
I don't know, 20 some odd years ago now. And he wrote that with a uh, psychiatrist named Howard Cutler, and they were looking a lot of the same things. Um, so this, the Book of Joy is sort of a uh, follow-up, you could say, to The Art of Happiness. They wrote other, like The Art of Happiness at Work, and different, it's like a, a brand, sort uh-huh. of, as it were. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then really recently, I read a great book called How to Change Your Mind, What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches Us About Consciousness, Dying, Addiction, Depression, and Transcendence hmm. by Michael Pollan. And a lot of people might be familiar with Michael Pollan because he wrote The Herbivore's Dilemma, um, which was a very well-known book. And this book was very interesting because it talked a lot about um, LSD and psilocybin, which is the component in magic mushrooms oh. um, that makes you feel effects, and how it's being used now in medical settings and for therapeutic sessions, actually talking about wow. depression and anxiety. People who are cancer patients, they're finding if they are given um, various doses of psilocybin under the care of a professional, mm-hmm. that they're able to come to terms about their mortality and just the quality of the rest of their lives that no other pharmaceutical or no other therapy can give them. It just really was That's super interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, it's wow. really interesting. And mm. he wrote, if anybody's ever listened to or read The Omnivore's Dilemma, which is about our food system, it's very historical, but also a memoir. So like he in this book takes an acid trip and he takes a, a psilocybin trip so that he can report out how he felt and yeah. you know he's not suffering from any of these maladies but he felt like it would be an interesting you know experiment as were. but it's really interesting um, and that's what I listen to he reads it which you know <laughs> not every author should be a no, voice right. actor no. um, but it's still I mean it was just still an interesting enough story that however you consume yeah. it, it would be interesting so. do you know where those uh, therapies are taking place. It is it in the U.S. It is in the U.S. Okay. It sounds like it's super controlled. I, um, as I think, right as yeah. one would hope. Right. But also, there's an interesting mixture of dealing with the drug laws as they exist. Sure. When and he digs into a lot of this when they were written, why they were written, mm. um, the political issues that are still causing problems with researchers now being able to get access to these things and have open experiments. I mean, I think a lot of people are familiar with like the Timothy Leary you know, 60s, 70s LSD, yeah. mm-hmm. illicit end of things, which he digs a lot into and about the realities of what that story was really about. And it's just so interesting. But yeah, I, I based on what he has written, there's progress in um, research facilities being able to uh, do experiments to help people. So wow, good is, to hear. really interesting. That is yeah. fascinating. It is. Wow. <laughs> All right. So Jill, what talk that been? Jill. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know that I can. So, um, so I actually to go back to the meditation thing that Sarah was talking about before. I read the book. Well, actually, I listened to the book Ten Percent Happier" by Dan Harris. Um, the subtitle of this book is "How I D- Tamed the Voice in My Head." Reduce stress without losing my edge and found self-help that actually works. A true story. These long titles. Are yes. The best. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that tells the, you what you're gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at the beginning of the book, he actually starts it by saying what he wanted to title the book, which his publisher said no to. That's another one of those titles that we would have a hard time finding in the catalog. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll let you listen to the book or read the yes. book to find out what he wanted to title the, the book. But um. So Dan Harris is a correspondence for uh, a correspondent for ABC News, and it works. It's actually kind of a memoir of again at the start of the book. He actually was filling in as a news reader on Good Morning America, and he had a panic attack on live air. Oof! 
And so mm. it talk, it starts there, and then it gives a little bit of backstory about how he got to the point where he had a panic attack. Um, he had, and so it follows his career as a journalist. Mm. So when he got to ABC News, he was actually a war correspondent. So he spent a lot of time in Afghanistan and Iraq. And then when he came back home, he didn't know how to deal with that adrenaline rush mm-hmm. that he was getting in war zones. Yeah. And so he turned to drugs and alcohol. And then he had this panic attack and decided that drugs and alcohol probably weren't the right solution. <laughs> um, and so he was actually working for Peter Jennings at the time. And Peter Jennings made him the religion correspondent for ABC World News. And he is an atheist. So he spent a lot of time going and interviewing different religious leaders of all different religions across the country. And every time they were talking about this inner peace and this Mm -hmm. inner joy that they came from, and he wanted to know how he would get that. Mm -hmm. So eventually he came to meditation. And so like I said, this tracks his progress, not only in coming to meditation, but also his progress as an ABC correspondent. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, He talks about how the voice in his head will do a play-by-play analysis of the world, um, but it's with a really unkind color commentary. (laughs) And so even, so with meditation, it helps him learn to turn off that color commentary. At one point in the book, he goes to, I think it was a 10-day retreat, meditation retreat, where they meditated for like 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, And I'm getting to this retreat thing, and I'm listening, I'm like, this is crazy. Um, And he agreed. (laughs) In the book, he talks about how he thought it was crazy, but as he went through, he found that it really helped him learn to meditate. And the thing that I took away from it the most was at the end of the meditation, they were allowed to ask ask questions. And the person who was leaving the retreat said, you know, as you get back, as you get ready to go on the airplane, you know, you might end up thinking about you know, over and over again, well, how am I going to get to the airport? What if my car is, what if the car is late? What if my flight is delayed? What if my luggage gets lost? Mm -hmm. And so Dan Harris asked the question, but those are really important questions. Those are questions that you need to ask so that you can have a plan in case those things happen. And the man agreed that those were important questions to ask once. But what he said is, but after the 17th time, what, how useful is it? Mm -hmm. And so that really resonated with mm-hmm. me because I'm the person that will plan for every contingency yeah. and plan over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I find myself stepping back and being like, okay, I planned it once. I don't need to re- rethink this. Yeah. I think that's hard to do, though, because mm-hmm. I have a similar mindset. And I think part of it is you want the best plan. So I'm going to ask myself this question again and again and again mm-hmm. and keep improving the plan. But I, that's really good advice. Just once you, you're, you've answered the question... It's okay, I'm going to move on. Right. There's yeah. that very famous saying, if you worry, you suffer twice. Mm. Or in my case, you worry like 20 times in a row. You're doing an anxiety attack. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. So the way, the other thing that I thought was interesting is how, why the book is called 10% Happier. Because then when he got back from the meditation retreat, because of the field that he works in, he there were a lot of skeptics. And so they would ask him, does meditation really work? And the catchphrase that he came up with was, well, I would say it made me about 10% happier. (laughs) So it doesn't change your life, Mm -hmm. but it makes you about 10% happier. So that's my read-alike, which is meditation for fidgety skeptics. (laughs) (laughs) So this is another Dan Harris book. Again, I listened to it. It's actually written, it's he and another man whose name escapes me at the moment, 
um, but who's also is real big into meditation. So once again, it's a memoir, but the memoir is interspersed with these meditations okay. that you can try. So it's the memoir of Dan Harris created a company called 10% Happier. It, there's an app. And so he's become kind of this, the voice of meditation, mainstream meditation in the U.S. And so this is about how they tried to launch this company. So they actually rented a bus. It had been George Clinton and Parliament, Fun Parliament Funkadelic's mm -hmm. orange tour bus. <laughs> So okay. they rented this bus and they drove across the United States in 10 days and spread meditation wow. across, across the U.S. Wow. But like I said, it has these different meditations filtered in. I have not been successful at trying meditation. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I've tried. I keep falling asleep. Um, but the one meditation that they talk about that I thought was really useful and I have been successful at is just 10 deep breaths. And so before you go into any situation you just sit and look kind of straight ahead and you just focus on breathing in and out for 10 times and it's amazing how much how that'll calm you yeah and just prepare you for whatever you're about to tackle so i read both of these books too actually on jill's suggestion um listened to both of those books <laughs> um i think the guy's name is jeff warren thank you yes. and i you're say right. that because there's a really scary cult leader named warren jeffs oh. and when i first saw the cover of the book i was like what did jill what is jill having me read this does not seem right but no it, it's a different person named jeff warren's and yeah i think that their whole thing was relax everybody's kind of uptight about meditation you have to do it this way you have to wear these clothes mm -hmm. you have to sit here and their whole thing is are your eyes open or closed okay Whatever's comfortable for you is yeah. what's going to, the point is for you to feel better and practice these things. Well, one of the so things, relax. That, one of the things he talks about is that if every time you try to meditate, you fall asleep, you probably just needed to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and don't give yourself right. such a hard time don't beat about, yourself it. Up yes. about it. Well, they also yeah. call it mindfulness too. Yes. And right. I think yeah, you yeah. can do that to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. So I, you can start to become more mindful about how you're thinking without technically meditating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of going towards that that vein anyway yeah. yes they yeah. sound like they're very compatible practices right. they are practices though and that's actually something that the the Dalai Lama kept put coming back to and the 10% happier guys that it is like anything if you're gonna get good at it you do have to figure out how to practice even in little ways like the yeah. 10 breaths a day or mm -hmm. whatever it is but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in the same boat I can do the 10 breaths but beyond that I'm not very successful. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of discussion about meditation in um, the Jen Sincero book, too. Mm. Yeah, and she gives some very, she does not say, like, oh, you need to meditate 12 hours a day. She mm -hmm. is very practical, easy. Like, try just for five minutes, set a timer, and sit down mm -hmm. and see if you can kind of push away all those extra thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. They call it wins. You got yes. a minute, you've won. You've won <laughs> meditation for the day. Yes. Yeah. All um, right. And then the other book that I have as my read-alike is a book that I read years ago. I bet I read this book 10 years ago now. It's called A Simple Act of Gratitude by John Krolik. And it's actually about a man who was just in a really bad place in his life. Um, he was a lawyer, and his law firm was going was going to go bankrupt. His girlfriend had left him. He lost his apartment. I mean, like, if everything that could have gone wrong in this man's life went wrong in his life. And so as he was cleaning out his office because his law firm went bankrupt, wow. um, he found this really nice stationery that he had bought when he had started his firm. And he had this idea that he was going to handwrite 
thank you notes on this really fancy stationery to everyone, all of his clients. And so he decided that he was just going to use this fancy stationery, and every day for a year, he was going to write a thank you note to someone. And so what he found is, you know, he started off with really easy thank you notes to write, and then they got harder and harder as he was searching for for new people to to thank. And basically what he found is that just for being grateful, finding one thing to be grateful for every day, he was able to kind of pull himself out of his funk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, And realize that even though things were really bad, that there are still good things in his life. Yeah. So I just really liked that book. It, it made me very happy to read. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that must be, once you've gotten through all of your family and friends, mm-hmm. it yeah. must be tricky. Like, well, who do I, I'm not going to like write my grocery store clerk. Right. <laughs> Thank you for checking, the, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gratitude is hard, but I think it's really a key component of happiness. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's figuring out, again, that idea that like, oh, my life's in the crapper, but I am. I woke up. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to be thankful for something. Right. Yeah. yeah. A matter of perspective. Yes. Right. Yeah. right. All right, Rachel. Well, compared to the media you guys have consumed, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like mine is much lighter fare. <laughs> nice. Um, we, but we're it, probably ready for yes. that now. Yeah. <laughs> it does have some hidden depths, though, so... Uh, like I said, I watched a Netflix show. It's called Rilakkuma and Karu. It's actually Japanese and it released in April of this year. A few months ago, we had just landed on happiness as a topic for this podcast, and I was thinking, Ugh, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> I hate self-help. <laughs> <laughs> Hate's a strong word, but yes. <laughs> and then, bam, I saw it on the newly released list, and I gave it a go because it looked endearing. Mm-hmm. And I binged it in one day, although the episodes are short at 12 minutes each, so uh-huh. it was easy to binge. Mm-hmm. Um, Rilakkuma and Karu presents the realities of adulthood to children in a non-terrifying way. That's the best way I can nutshell it. So is it like Sesame Street in anime form? No. Okay. I can definitely, it's, like I said, it's it presents it to children, but mm. it's also a show for young adults, adult mm-hmm. adults. Old adults, living dead adults, you get the idea. Um, Not only is it one of the cutest things in all of creation, but it is funny and touching, and it emphasizes the idea of finding yourself to find happiness. So Rilakkuma is a bear who lives in a apartment with a smaller bear named Korilakkuma and a chick named Kiyotori and Karu herself, who is an average young woman with an office job. It's stop-motion animation, and you can tell that a lot of love went into making the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I mentioned before, it touches on coming of age, and every episode covers something new, from friends who find success before you do to facing anxiety and bad luck. Karo deals with office gossip, going underappreciated and feeling insignificant, being indecisive, you name it. The surreal aspects of the series are awesome, too. There's an episode where it's a gloomy, rainy day, and Rilakkuma starts sprouting mushrooms on his body, uh, which I took as a reflection of Karu's loneliness and depression. It's kind of Mm. offset by the weather, so it becomes a physical manifestation Mm. of that. Um, In another episode, due to mounting debt, the three animals end up having to get jobs or risk going homeless. Hmm. Uh, and that sounds stressful, but the way it's presented is so charming, and the characters' reactions are so wholesome that you feel relaxed as you watch. Mm-hmm. Aww. Yeah. Sounds so sweet <laughs> yeah. already. It really is. Sweet is a good descriptor yeah. for the show. Yeah. So if you're interested in a series for yourself or your kids where things like body image, 
facing change, growing older, and losing belief in the more magical aspects of life mm. are commonplace problems faced by a couple of bears and two neurotic chicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I worked hard on that one. <laughs> Very good. I would say give Rilakkuma and Karu a go. It might even improve your own sense of self-worth. It did for me. Uh, each episode covers one month in the characters' lives, so you can see the story unfold over a year, and that's how it's set up. It's one month. Hmm. Uh, and again, it is so adorable. I want to explode. <laughs> it sounds, I think I'm going to add it to my queue, yeah. my yeah. Netflix queue. And it's so sweet. Because it's so short, it's easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you just do one episode a day or if you were like me and you do it all at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. seems like a show that would be good to watch with my kids. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Because yeah. I have two boys and we're getting to the point where it's real hard to find things that mom and they are both interested mm-hmm. yeah. in. We're at that age. Yeah. Sure. And so that seems like something that they would be very, that we could all enjoy together. Yeah. yeah. Aww. Well, and Rilakkuma actually started out as a picture book character, but mm. those books are really difficult to find in the U.S. I do recommend a series of board books called Cozy Classics by Jack and Holman Wang. Titles include War and Peace, Moby Dick, Pride and Prejudice, and so on. Uh, they are all featuring neo-felted characters and scenes, much like the Netflix show. My kids have Moby Dick. Oh, Someone there you gave go. gave it to them. Yeah. And they, <laughs> I think we have it here. I think we have a couple of episodes, or um, the, board books. the board books, I think we have here at the yeah. library, too. Yeah. I was going to say, they are available at a handful of libraries in the Milwaukee County system, so place a hold on one today. Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right, so I have an extra... Uh, title to throw on there. Since Rachel told me she was talking about a Netflix show, I thought I would talk about one that I enjoyed as well. Um, It's called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And this is based on the book that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. I have not read the book. Um, I just went straight into the TV show. So I'm a bad librarian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so I like organizing things. This is all about how to organize and declutter your life and find joy by doing that. Um, And so I'm the kind of person, when I was in college, I would have to write, you know, I had a big paper I had to write, and I would clean first. I go to the office supply store when I get um, overwhelmed. Seeing all the ways that I could organize my life calms me down. (laughs) It's my happy place. Yeah, Yeah. so something about just things being in their place and organized and cleaned up calmed me down too Mm -hmm. um so this the show i was very excited to to try it out so marie kondo goes and visits several families in their homes and helps them declutter their lives so and her her um, method so say for example we're taking your closet all of your clothes she has you take everything and pile it in a massive pile so number one you actually see what you have and how much you have Mm -hmm. Um, which some of those, like the pile was on the bed and it would just reach the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It was wow. insane. I, I'm just kind of scared about <laughs> if I did that. Um, so you see what you have and then she make, she she doesn't make you. She recommends <laughs> that you pick up each individual item, hold it in your hands, and does it spark joy for you? And when she describes, so this woman is... A tiny, I think, Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's super cute. And the way that she describes joy, it's like, ting. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. She yeah. literally she does that. Makes that noise. <laughs> she doesn't say what mm-hmm. it means, but it gives you that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if it sparks joy, you keep it. And if it doesn't, you let it go. 
Um, and there, there can be some um, things that become more complicated, like nostalgic items or things you think uh, have practical purpose, but you don't really like them. Um, and I really like her concept for dealing with uh, things you have nostalgia about, but you do not need anymore. Um, she, she has you thank the item. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a teddy bear from when you were four and you got your tooth broken or something, um, but you don't want it anymore, but you feel bad getting rid of it. She says, well, thank the item. Thank you for what it's done for you in your life. And then you can let it go and move on, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good strategy yeah. when you're struggling with knowing you should get get rid of something but feeling obligated to keep it Mm -hmm. um so i really enjoyed the show um she also recommends that you organize things in a way that you can see everything you have so like get clear containers so you can see so you don't go out and buy the same thing four times Mm -hmm. which i think is very practical advice um yeah so i recommend the show i i got through it in a week or so it was it was um a a good watch Mm -hmm. for sure and the way she folds things in drawers was yeah. like, holy cow. So everything is, <laughs> everything's facing upward. So at a glance, you can see everything you have in the drawer. Yeah. I've just never even thought that way. Right. Or like even if something's stacked in a closet, like I have to lift shirts to figure out what's the next shirt. Right. But if they're all, we're basically like spine up, like mm-hmm. as our books would <laughs> right. go. Ah, you can I was see like, everything. It's so great. Yeah. yeah. It's very it's, interesting. It's just taking the time to do that mm-hmm. is, is difficult. Right. Yes. Yes, yes yeah. it is. <laughs> Um, so I have a couple read-alikes. If you've seen this show and you wanted to dig deeper, um, there's a book called Spark Joy, also by Marie Kondo. Subtitle is An Illustrated Masterclass on the Art of Organizing and Tidying Up. And this is actually a follow-up to her first book. And kind of like you were saying, Sarah, this is the illustrated guide to here's how you fold and organize mm-hmm. and put things together. So it's just more of a um, step-by-step instructional guide. Um, And then my other read-alike is called The Life-Changing Manga of Tidying Up, A Magical Story, which actually sounds similar to what you, uh, your show, Rachel, that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fictional story about this this young woman who is feeling like her life is cluttered and she's lacking direction. And she hires this woman named Marie Kondo (laughs) (laughs) to help her organize her life. So yeah, those, those both sound really fun. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Netflix is really bringing it with the self-help right now because also I didn't even think about this till you were talking about it but I don't know if any of you have watched any Queer Eye episodes Mm-mm. oh man you want to feel good these guys <laughs> come into your life and they just they've made everybody feel good these people are down in the dumps that's the whole point it's different from the old one the old that's one was the remake really of Queer Eye for the straight guy right? correct now it's just Queer Eye and they okay. have different gendered people they help but they just will look you right in the face and be like you are gorgeous you are you have got this you know it's really but netflix has a bunch several shows i feel like now yeah um that are really promoting that idea of like you know what we deserve to feel good right there's nothing wrong with feeling good and saying you're a good person and trying to make your life better so yeah i'll finish that so what's the key to happiness guys Oh. Now that we've discussed and read, I think obviously teddy bears. And <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> Again, I need to mature at some point. <laughs> but that is not today. Not giving yourself such a hard time. Mm. I think that really, from everything that I've seen and just listening to what you guys are saying, like 
even if you have a method where like, okay, you need to tame your closet or whatever, she approaches it or these gurus are approaching it in a way that's like, it's okay. Whatever you, whatever progress you make is okay. Yeah. You are okay. Right. That to me is what happiness feels like. That's what I would want like any kids we interact with or Mm -hmm. people who come into the library to feel like, all right, you're doing all right. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, feel similarly. I think for me, uh, it's learning to find satisfaction and peace within yourself, regardless of what other people think of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, as I mentioned, as a people pleaser, learning to just be content with who I am. And if, you know, someone's not happy about it, that's fine. It doesn't, it's not important. Be accepting of yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And along those lines, I think that to find one thing every day that's going well mm-hmm. no matter how bad it seems to find one thing every day that's going well I think is a good way to get you on that path of yeah. of seeing what's what's good in yourself mm-hmm. and seeing what's yeah. good in the world I think it's easy to get lost in your emotions of frustration or sadness and when you think about that think about the good things I think that does help a lot mm-hmm. yeah well my notepad is telling me that we have some other talking points to get to. (laughs) As we mentioned last episode, the Summer Reading Challenge is coming up. This year's theme is a universe of stories, and we have loads of programs you can attend in the months Mm -hmm. to come. Mm -hmm. The challenge starts on June 10th and August 10th and is open to all ages. So sign up. Yeah, please do. If you haven't already. Anywhere Mm -hmm. and everywhere. For many, anybody can sign up. Yeah, really. anybody can sign Whoever's up. Whoever's hearing can, this. You can get it from, you can get the sign-up sheet, you can download it from our website, mm-hmm. or you can stop into the library. Um, we have a, a sign-up booth in the kids' department, but anybody can come in and, and sign up, or you can go to any of the other desks and sign up as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, there will be a link in the description. Definitely. And along with that, there will also be a link to our self-discovery book list, Ooh. because I did not make a happiness book list, and this was the closest <laughs> I could find. <laughs> I love that you made a self-discovery book. <laughs> How was that? Was that annoying uh, to I you? I mean, I have made many at this point. There was also erotica, and that was the toughest one oh, to get through. Great. So if I could do that, I could do anything. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Um, so something else I just wanted to mention. Um, one of our uh, coworkers here at the library had, had mentioned this to me. It's called The Science of Happily Ever After by Tai Tashiro. Um, and it just touches on this idea of mood congruence, um, which basically says that the way that we consume music versus like stories is completely different depending on our mood and how we're feeling. So when we listen to music, we usually play music to match our mood. You know, so if you're in a happy mood, you will play upbeat, happy music. If you're feeling sad and you want a good cry or something, you'll play something sad. Um, But when we read books or consume stories, it's the opposite experience. Um, So when you are feeling like you're in a good place emotionally, that's the time to read more heavy material because you feel like you're emotionally capable of going into that kind of a world. And if you're in a rough time and, you know, you're dealing with something, usually reading a happier, lighthearted book is what you go to. to kind of put yourself in a new world that you're not experiencing in your real world. I thought it was just a really interesting concept, mm-hmm. which for me, looking back, I think rings true. Mm. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of joy, I just wanted to talk about our Serenity Garden. Ooh, yay! <laughs> so, um, I'm, 
I totally forgot to ask you, Jill, if you wanted to just talk about the Serenity Garden. Sure. So if you want to come and find a place to practice your meditation techniques, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, we had two residents take the lead in creating a Serenity Garden, which is just on the southeast corner of the library outside. It's right when you're walking from the parking lot into the building. Um, These two residents... um, raised the money and created this garden in memory of their late wives, Connie Bauer and Darlene Marciniak. Darlene actually worked at the library for about 25 years before she retired and then passed away. And so it's a babbling brook, I think is the best way to describe it, that travels, I would say, 25 feet or so. I'm terrible at measuring. And then there's there's some picnic tables and some benches and some flowers, and so it's just a really nice place to come and um, enjoy the outdoors. You can go inside, check out your library books, and come out and eat and eat your lunch and read a book. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. I think it turned out so so nice. Yeah, yeah, it really did. So everything yeah. we're waiting for a couple more planters to come in, and then everything's yeah. ready to go. So come in and practice your meditation. And exactly. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to check out the episode's show notes where we list everything we've talked about media-wise. And as the kids say, rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Use hashtag NotYourMother'sLibrary to spread the word on social media. If you enjoyed this ep- episode on happiness, be sure to join us next month when we will be discussing the science of death. Dun, dun, Talk dun, about dun. a 180. You still like <laughs> yeah, we just are going the complete opposite. <laughs> because why not? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah and Jill, for joining us today. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah, it's been really great. Yeah. All right. Happy reading, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.